Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. everybody welcome into a tuesday snowy edition of sports daily hope everybody's staying warm out there as we're going to uh well just wait it out a little bit i think today a lot of things delayed a lot of things uh getting pushed back schools are closed i think just about everywhere uh that you can listen to this program glad to be here with you jacob albrock tommy caster on the snowy day jad chambers powering through producing for us as well the kfh hotline is open for you at 869-1240. Thanks for being here with us. It's a national championship uh, look back here for us, Tommy, as Michigan gets it done for the first time since 1997. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, snowy morning out there. You know, really the roads aren't terrible if you take it slow. Uh, that's okay. the big caveat there. If you take it slow, you take your time. Um, with, with the snow kind of ending and, and all of that, hopefully by the day, uh, by the day's end, by the time rush hour traffic at the end of the day uh, comes about, things will be a whole lot better. But just, you know, if you have to get out today, take it slow, take it easy, take your time, all of that, and you'll get to where you need to go pretty safely. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things, too. Like, once the blowing snow stops, which should happen, I think, here while we're on the air, then I think things will get a lot better, too. And the the crews, if they're out there working, kind of stay out of their way, let them get things plowed out. And we'll be just fine. We'll get through this thing, and then we'll get ready for you know another round, I think, later in the week. Maybe not as much snow, but some just nasty temperatures uh, that'll have an effect on the uh, Chiefs wildcard game. We'll get into that later in the show, but let's talk about the national championship. 34-13 Michigan wins. Uh, first one in a while since 1997. Jim Harbaugh gets it done. There's a big fat asterisk. They cheated. They got caught cheating. Uh, you know, do you... What, what does that mean to you with this? I think they had enough quality wins, you know, by the home stretch, even after the fact that it's probably not something where we're trying to, like, take this one away from them, Tommy. But it, there's an asterisk. It's it's like the Astros. You know, could they have won all those games? How long have they been doing it? How much of an impact did that have on, you know, different players coming in, all those things? But they were able to use it as motivation. Um, and they, you know, they stuck to their guns and they got it done. And I probably... 
you know, the final score, I know it got, you know, it got out of hand there at the end because of some turnovers and stuff, but really Michigan dominated the game anyway. So the final score was pretty indicative of how that game played out. It's what I feared. I told everybody yesterday, look, I'm just going to bet from the heart on this. Like, I I really don't want to root for Michigan, so I'm just going to go with Washington. And you know what what you're afraid of in these kinds of matchups sort of played out when you have a defense that's been that good for that long going up a great up against a great offense who's never really played against a defense like that defense does well in those environments and those situations and you know that was that's what happened Penix didn't look good at all uh he you know he got nicked up but not until later in the game two interceptions uh barely 50% completion I don't know if that was his worst game of the year, but it probably was his worst game of the year without going back and looking at every individual performance. Harbaugh gets it done. And now, you know, everybody wonders what he's going to do, Tommy. What do you think of the game last night? Well, you know, Michigan really dominated up front, I thought, on both lines of scrimmage. And, and especially on the defensive line, I thought they dominated from start to finish. And they got after Michael Penix. They confused him. And, and one of the things that Washington is built around and why they've been so successful all season long is the opportunity and the ability for Michael Penix to find his high caliber receivers deep. That's what he does. He throws the deep ball and his receivers typically have been able to get separation and they've been able to pull in the big catches and Michigan really clamped down on that. First off, they put pressure on Michael Penix and second off in the secondary, I thought Michigan did a phenomenal job locking down on some of those receivers, you know, especially Roma Dunze. So, you know, I thought it was a great performance defensively from Michigan. But I got to ask you this, and I got to ask everybody this. How many times while watching the game last night did you even think about the scandal that Michigan has going on? Because it was a big fat zero for me. I didn't think about it one time. It didn't cloud the game for me. It didn't ruin the game for me as they were doing the trophy presentation. Not one time did I think about the scandal that had happened earlier in the season. I just thought Michigan was the best team in America and they got it done last night. I mean, that's what the problem. I, I thought about it a lot. I mean, the problem might be that they're the best team in America, but but the issue is they cheated to get there. It's like the Astros. The Astros still had the best roster in baseball, but they cheated to win a World Series. Michigan cheated to win some of the games that they played. But how much and, actual, and, like, and I'm not saying, like, there hasn't been proof because there has been that there was cheating going on. But, yeah, a lot. But, but have we been able to quantify, like you say, the reason they got there was yes, because, because they cheated. because anecdotally been TCU to found out about it last year. I'm talking about this them. season. I'm talking about the well, wins. It's the same, it's the same they're process, 15, They're 15-0, and 0, right? And I'm not trying to defend Michigan because I agree that there was cheating going on and there, were, there, were, there was punishments and, and all of that that came down. But I don't know if you can quantify the 15-0 and 0 season based off of what we know now that happened. I, I just I have a hard time you know, having A equal B in this scenario. Well, if you were good enough, you didn't need to cheat in the first place. That's number one, and you did. So it is very similar to the Astros. They had the best team. I think it's pretty clear they had the best team, but they had to cheat to but get But you there. can quantify exactly the times when it actually benefited the Astros and the wins that they got. Because, like You could go back and you can watch the games and you can hear the banging on the trash cans and all of that, and you know exactly when it was they cheated, what they did, and how the game turned out. Because of that, I'm not sure you can connect all those two dots things, with Michigan. Two things can be true. You can be the best team and you can be a cheater. Okay, I mean, I think both of those things are true. 
You know, like that happens all the time. Barry Bonds was one of the best players ever. He allegedly cheated, right? right. Mark McGuire was one of the best home run hitters of all time. He also allegedly cheated. Sammy Sosa, same thing, corked bat. Like th- those two things can coexist. Alex Rodriguez, like you can go back through history and say, yeah, they may have still already been the best, and we use that as a justification, but the reality is, but you, yeah, but you cheated, right? But yeah, I, I but think, I you think cheated. The, I think the question becomes, and, and you kind of brought it up a minute ago, if they hadn't cheated, would they be 15-0, and 0, right? I, I, and probably, how many, but we don't know. How many I mean, wins or losses can you take away from it because of I don't know. the sign-stealing scandal? I'm not sure what that I you do can know quantify is, that. The, the Again, anecdotally, the one time we heard of a really good team catching on here, they got crushed last year in the CFP So by TCU, who then got crushed. So I, I think I look at that and say, well, that's what happens when they – because they didn't play a good team until late in this season, right? That's that's the problem. We don't know because they didn't, they didn't play anybody until, what, they played Penn State? Yeah. And they really only beat – Four good teams this year, Penn State, Ohio State, Alabama, and Washington. So before that, they played this cupcake schedule, so it wouldn't have mattered maybe, but they did it anyway. And so it's like, well, why did you need to do it then? And again, like in their minds, they're sitting here thinking, well, everybody does it. And like, that. don't care. You cheated. You got caught. It will forever tarnish this championship for most of us. For Michigan fans, they won't care at all. They won't care one bit. I honestly don't really care either. I cared when it was going down. I cared when it was happening. I cared, you know, when they made the suspension of Harbaugh and all of that. He served that time that was agreed upon, and they were. You think that was enough of a suspension? Not my call for what they were for what they were accused of doing. Not my call. I mean, he served the suspension. I mean, we're giving an opinion on it right now. I'm I'm, I'm saying it. I don't think it's nearly enough. I'm saying it was accused of a punishment was levied. He served the suspension. They came back and they won the national championship. And my only point in all of that was that I thought it was an entertaining game. And there wasn't a single moment during that game that I thought about the sign-stealing scandal. I just enjoyed watching the two best teams in college football playing against each other. And I'm not sure that even though Washington, you know, it did get out of hand at the end, I would still put Washington as one of the two top teams in the country. And so the fact that those two teams played against each other last night, I was on board with it. And I never one time thought – Oh man, Michigan is winning, but man, this national championship is going to be tarnished. I thought the best team in the country won the football game last night and they're national champions. I agree, and I also think it's tarnished because they cheated. And so like it's fine. Like they they absolutely went out there and earned their championship, but they also cheated. And so for me, yeah, it's tarnished. It's going to have an asterisk and nobody really cares. And that's that's fine. Like, I don't mind not caring if they cheated. I just don't want to justify their cheating because you're, they you're cheated. Mis- you're misunderstanding. I'm not saying that I don't care that they cheated. I'm saying that in the middle of the national championship game last night, I didn't care in that moment that that was what had happened earlier in the season. Yeah, because it, it shouldn't. I mean, as far as we know, it wasn't happening in that moment. I mean, I, I get that part of it. But I think as we look back at it, and they do appear to be a really historically good team, yeah. two things are too bad. It's too bad they didn't really play a tough schedule. And they got their wins at the end. And it's too bad that it'll forever be tarnished because of the cheating scandal. And, and I mean, again, like, the the right people for that don't care at all that it happened right that's not like it's just like when it's not apples to apples here so don't misunderstand but 
when somebody told KU they're going to have to take down banners because Silvio DeSosa played, okay, do KU fans really care? No. And should it should they have had to? Well, according to the rules, he wasn't supposed to be playing. So, I mean, again, like who does it matter for? I don't know. Jim Harbaugh has his championship. He's probably gone to the NFL. Like in reality, we'll look back at it, and and it is what it is. But yeah, I think people will remember this. Like, yeah, they they cheated. They got caught for cheating that year. It's not going to go away. It's just not going to matter to the people. Like nobody's losing money here. They're not going to take away bonuses. They're not going to. You know, make them – well, I don't think. I guess we really haven't heard. That was the conference and Michigan mutually agreeing on that punishment. I don't think we've heard anything from the NCAA, I don't think, on any of that yet. So I suppose that could be coming at some point. But, again, they they look like the best team. And, and you know, it's too bad, too, because J.J. McCarthy goes to what he finished, 27-1. and one. He's the greatest Michigan quarterback of all time, albeit with an asterisk, right? How many of those wins came because they cheated? I get that's that's what sucks about it. Like, and that goes back to last year when they're accused of doing it, right? Like, so it's it's always going to be hard for me to say this is one of the great teams because they played all of these games where they're accused of some pretty egregious cheating. That's not even like I just don't within think that, the rules. I just don't like think they legitimately. I just don't think you can quantify it that way. I mean, okay, so you mentioned Barry Bonds and that whole example. And I know you can't specifically quantify it, but we've got a pretty good idea that had he not taken steroids, he wouldn't have been hitting the number of home runs each season that he did. Like, that's an easy correlation, I think, to make. With Michigan, because they were one of, if not the best team in America, even without the scandal, I think there's a fairly good chance they finish 15-0 and even without doing it. I mean, maybe not, but, T- quite, but but you know what I mean. Like the I'm just TCU saying, like game last year gives us this example to show that I don't know that we can easily say that Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he was ever accused of cheating. He was already a Hall of Famer, right? Like he that was already if he started. If you read Game of Shadows and and, and read the report, I mean, he started after the home run chase of '98. He was already a Hall of Famer before that point. So Michigan was already really good. I don't think there's any question about that, but. We have this, you know, other example that TCU, who wasn't as good, not even close, who got a hold of the idea that they might have been stealing their signs, they mix it up, and they can't, I mean, they they get crushed in that game. So, like, it's, again, I'm not going to justify their cheating. They cheated. They, they're champions. They get all these accolades. They do all these things. And there's a big fat asterisk, just like the home run chase in baseball, just like the Astros. Nobody's taking away their World Series. We just all know they cheated. To win it, to help them win it. How much? Not my responsibility to figure that out because I didn't like. I don't care. Like it's just a part of it. Michigan now has to wonder if Jim Harbaugh stays. Boy, it it, it just seems like such an icy relationship between he and the administration there. Uh, you know, they talk about how much they respect him, but if you go back and read some of the AD comments, they're they're not like warm and cozy. I think Harbaugh is gone. I've always thought he was gone. They have made every effort to say, if you'll just, I I think it's something to the effect of, if you'll just tell us you're not going to interview for NFL jobs this season, we'll make you the highest paid coach, and he won't do it. Well, that's because he wants to be in the NFL. I think he's wanted to be in the NFL, I don't know, for the last four years, three years, and and he's got this like burden hanging over him as a Michigan man to, to get them to the promised land. Well, they got there now. His responsibility is complete. I think he's out, 
And I think he'll instantly become everybody's top candidate. I don't know how quickly that happens, but I think it's going to really slow down the coaching carousel in the NFL because he's got to be everybody's top choice, right? Like there's no, there's not any coach out there. I don't think except for maybe what's a lion's OC Ben Johnson, like seems to be a hot name too. both of these, like whoever it is, like those guys are each going to make like $20 million a year next year, by the way. But I'd take Harbaugh over anybody right now because he did it in the NFL. He's done it at every level. He's clearly a really good coach. And and he's he's always to me seemed like he belongs in the NFL more than college football. Just seems like a more natural fit for him. And I think he'll be back there this offseason somewhere. Where I don't know, but somewhere. But even when he was in the college ranks before he went to the 49ers, he had a ton of success. I mean, he turned around San Diego, right? He turned around Stanford, you know, took them to a bowl game. You know, so he's had a history of doing that basically at every stop that he's been at. Had a great tenure. Uh, for the most part, with the 49ers. You know, so I, I do think that he's an incredibly attractive candidate. I think he's gone. I think especially after the win and with what happened this season, what more does he have to accomplish at Michigan? I think he checked that box, you know, and he can go back to the NFL. I think the Chargers make a ton of sense. He's got history with that franchise. Uh, I think that that makes a, a ton of sense for him to go and take over that team and work with Justin Herbert next season. So I think that that's probably the prime location for him. I know the Raiders are really interested in him. I'm just not sure that that fits. I don't know if the the Mark Davis personality and the Jim Harbaugh personality fit each other. And I don't know if the personnel on that team, if that really works for who Jim Harbaugh is. So I think the Chargers are probably the most likely place. I think, I mean, I, I give it they a matter. They have a hist. They've never paid a coach before, not, not under this ownership. So I don't, I don't think it'll yeah, be them because I don't but think they've got the prize. Coach they've twenty got, million a year. They've got the prized, you know, pig in, in Justin Herbert there. You know, so I know, but they they've they go back and look at who they've hired. They've seriously wanted discounted I coaches know. forever. I I don't think they're going to break that. Um, I I think like Chicago, um, I think Chicago makes the most sense. And then I think there there could be jobs that aren't open yet that might be Atlanta would pay a coach. Um, and would be interesting. I think I don't, you know, I don't know what his motivations are. He was, by by a lot of accounts, willing to take the Minnesota job. So I don't know if like location matters, if situation it means everything. I have no idea. San Diego, sorry, L.A. The Chargers makes the most sense because of his history with the organization. They would just have to do something they've never done before and pay a coach. And so I don't, I don't know if they're going to do that, uh, but we'll see. That, it's funny, too, that that's immediately the aftermath, right? Like, that's the headline. Like, oh, Michigan won a national championship. Now where's Harbaugh going? It's, it's <laughs> Enjoy it, Michigan fans. You're the only ones that care. That's what I'll tell you. Like, nobody was rooting for you. Everybody was rooting against you. When you say, well, what's their stupid saying that they keep keep doing? Like, who's better than us? Nobody. Who, who's, got, who's got it better than us? Nobody. Yeah, enjoy it you're the only ones like no you had nobody in your corner there uh so have fun with it and your coach is going to leave i think very soon so you know we'll see what they do in the aftermath uh don't come knocking on any of our coaches doors i'll just say that 869-1240 is the ihop hotline you can get in touch with us that way uh we've got a lot to talk about today we can begin to look ahead uh, at some NFL playoffs. Of course, we'll do that. We've got K-State tonight in action, the men. 
and all kinds of good stuff to talk about. The coaching carousel has been really slow. Not as many firings, I think, on Monday as we thought. We'll get into the latest there as well. It's all Brockton Castro at Sports Daily on a very snowy Tuesday. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. We've also got Dan Israel joining us in just a little bit here on the show. He'll come in to talk a little Chiefs football ahead of that playoff game. Looking forward to that with Dan uh, as well as everything else we have coming here. So we'll get into the Dolphins there. You know, the coaching care, we really just had the two yesterday, right? Unless I missed one in the snowstorm last night. You know, we've got we've got Atlanta and looking for a new coach in Washington and nothing else. We don't know about New England. We don't know about New Orleans. We don't know about the Raiders. We don't like there's a lot of what if jobs out there. I mean, what does that put the total at? Four open jobs, Carolina, Vegas, Atlanta, and you know, and and Washington and that's it. But there's, there's gonna five. Yeah, LA, yeah. So there there's gonna be I mean, there's going to be more than that, but usually that comes on the Monday following the end of the regular season. It just didn't, which is a little strange. Yeah, it's been a little surprising that it hasn't been more active. I'm really surprised that we don't know the future yet with Bill Belichick in New England, you know, because this has been speculated on for, it seems like, months now that there is inevitably going to be a split between Belichick and Robert Kraft. But there hasn't been any announcement. I know that Belichick met with Kraft yesterday. At least that's what was reported. And there's really been, you know, no uh, resolution to that entire situation. So I'm surprised that that hasn't happened yet. Because I would have thought that there would have been an announcement. Maybe to me, I wonder if they're working on some kind of trade. That happens sometimes. I wonder if they're working with maybe Atlanta or another franchise to trade Belichick. Um, But I think time will tell on what ends up happening with him. Yeah, I, I um hmm. I, I agree with that. I'm just not like the appetite for that would be interesting, right? Are you really gonna trade for Belichick and how much and how long is he gonna do it? That's the thing that makes trading for him a little difficult is how long is he gonna coach, right? I'm not gonna trade for him if he's just trying to coach for like two, three more years. And I don't know the answer to that, and I don't know how you have those conversations. I guess his agents can have those, you know, those conversations with teams privately but I I don't even know like I I get it with Belichick like he's awesome he's one of if not I'll call him one of the best um he's not a good executive anymore I I don't like what what team does he make sense for is what I can't quite get a good grasp on I think Washington makes I I understand with Washington why people because they're trying to rebuild an entire you know culture around a franchise and re- so I get that one I do um I mean I don't get like you've got to be ready to win right away though like you're not bringing in Belichick for a rebuild and that's what makes it a little tricky so what teams fit that profile well the Chargers do but again are they going to pay the coach are they going to now then go trade for a coach probably not and so I, I don't know I don't know what to make of it. You know, Atlanta. Atlanta actually makes some sense. Yeah, is it Bill does. Belichick going to Atlanta? I, I is he interested in that? The thing about the NFL that makes this a little different, I think, than other sports, there's no job that's more high profile than the other. Right? In the NFL, every job is high profile. 
it, it's di- like baseball. You know, the Yankees, we saw the Cubs trade for a manager. Like, there are certain places where the job is more attractive in college football and college sports. That's the case. You know, maybe even to some degree in the NBA. But, man, in the NFL, like, it's really about where do I have the best chance to win, right? Like, there aren't more high-profile jobs. Like, they're all the same. Maybe the Cowboys job, I suppose, you could put in that. But even then, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, I think they're all high profile. I don't think it really matters. It's just like pick your spot to where you have the best chance to win, which is what makes like Atlanta, the Falcons. Yeah, okay, I, I could see it because that, that would actually make yeah. sense based on what they have there. Atlanta's got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, and they've underachieved, you know, especially this year and even last year. Um, you know, so I think that they've got, I mean, th- there's uncertainty at the quarterback position, I think, for the Falcons a little bit because I don't think Desmond Ritter is the guy. And, you know, are you going to ride with Taylor Heineke? Probably not. So what what are they going to do at quarterback? But, man, you've got Bijan Robinson. You've got Tyler Algier. Kyle Pitts has been incredibly underutilized in Atlanta, and he's a great tight end. Drake London is a great young wide receiver. So there's a lot of talent there in Atlanta that I think Belichick would have a good time coaching. I don't know if that's the best fit, but I can see that being a fit you know, I mentioned Harbaugh to the Chargers. I think Belichick to the Chargers makes a little bit of sense, too. He stays in the AFC that way. He gets to work with Justin Herbert. He hasn't had a good quarterback since Tom Brady left. And so if he, I, I think that that might re-energize Belichick a little bit and maybe have him coach for several more years if he can coach with and, and be there with Justin Herbert. So I think that that makes some sense as well. Washington, I think, makes a little bit of sense. I don't think they have quite yeah. the depth of talent that a couple of those other programs do. Uh, but I think that from a um, from a philosophy standpoint, I can see Belichick making some sense with the commanders also in their new ownership. So I do think there are some landing spots. But again, going back to what I said before, it's just surprising to me that we haven't gotten any kind of clarity on his future in New England. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it probably has to be because they're trading, yeah, and and or at least trying to Washington. The reason I wouldn't do it if I were Washington is because they're going to take a quarterback here, and he doesn't have a good history of that post Brady, right? Like Mac Jones, there are some that believe he kind of ruined Mac Jones. I don't, I don't know. It's hard because he he operated with a quarterback for so long that you know whatever it is, I wouldn't let him have anything to do with the offense. Right. And and maybe he brings in Josh McDaniels and that's fine. And I wouldn't let him have any control over personnel anymore. And I don't even know that he's going to want that. That's the other part. Like, does he even want to not be totally in charge? I do think there's a possibility he's done coaching because I think it's a stretch to think a team's going to give him player personnel. And he's going to goes somewhere where he thinks he can win. And if he doesn't get those two things and his time's done in New England, I mean, I'd absolutely think there's a real scenario where he doesn't coach anymore. And so we probably need to wrap our heads around that too. And and it's fine. I mean, look, he's, he's had his run. He's going to have his place. But it is slow. It's a slow – and I think Harbaugh too. So Belichick has – I think Harbaugh has a part to do with it too. I think teams want to know what's happening with Jim Harbaugh before they maybe make a decision at coach. Because if he's, if he's available – like, what teams might not make a change now but would totally make a change if they thought they had a shot at Jim Harbaugh? I'll bet you those teams exist, too. A couple of them. Like, we're on the fence with this coach. You know, maybe we give him another year, and then you find out Harbaugh might be interested, and you're like, well, we'd move on for Harbaugh. 
I mean, we, the Cowboys ran into that situation last year. Remember the, some of the reporting that you know McCarthy's job might be in trouble because Harbaugh. And you kind of went through that a little bit there. But I think I'll, I'll bet you that has something to do with it too. But you, you got to make these decisions relatively quickly in the NFL because now you're immediately into player evaluation mode and getting ready for what you're going to do in you know three months for the NFL draft. You got to get coaches out two places. You got to get coaches hired and coordinators hired and have conversations with coaches that are coaching into the playoffs right now. Like there's a lot that has to happen. So I don't know how long you can wait, but you got to get moving. The other big name that we'll have an eye on is Eric Bieniemy. Do you think this is the year Eric Bieniemy gets the job? I think halfway through the season, it was a slam dunk. Yes. Washington fell a little flat and now it's like, well, maybe, I don't know. There are people in Washington that want him out of Washington because of their struggles offensively late in the year. Initially, I thought, yes, this will be the offseason. I still lean that way. I This is the one I think he's going to get a job in, and I haven't felt that way the last couple, but I think this, so where? I think this where time think he's he going. You know, I don't know the answer to that. Um, it would need to be, you know, so of the play, I think Atlanta could make sense. Um I think there could be jobs we don't know about yet. I don't know if the Panthers, but but the thing about Bieniemy is he had such a direct correlation to Patrick Mahomes' development. A team like the Panthers probably does make sense to go with Bryce Young. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if know. I'm stepping into a franchise owned by David Tepper. And I mean, well, I don't I, think I, I don't know if I want to do that. Bieniemy doesn't have the option to be picky here. Like that's the thing. He just has to have somebody want to actually hire him. He still hasn't overcome that hurdle in this process, which is too bad, and for whatever reason we can't quite fully understand. But he still has to just get through actually being somebody's top candidate. So I'd have to think if Carolina wanted him to be their top candidate, he would be their top candidate. I think he interviewed or is on a list, I believe I saw yesterday. Let me double-check that. Uh, But I'm pretty sure somebody put him on a list. Um yeah, I'm not sure which team it was. I thought I saw that yesterday, but we'll see. I mean, Chicago could potentially make sense if that comes open. I, Chicago's fascinating, man. We'll talk about their offseason at some point. But you want to talk about – that's an attractive job. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to Chicago. Like, if I have all my choices and I can do whatever I want to do, I'm going to Chicago. You pick your quarterback. Is it Fields or is it somebody else? Take your pick. Move on with the roster. You got all these all these draft picks. That's where I would go. So I, I would, and I would think that that will be such an attractive job that BNME may just not be the top candidate there. But Atlanta would be fine. Carolina would be fine. I bet you there's other jobs that are going to come open too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that BNME, that stock has cooled down a little bit. And it's unfair to him. I mean, we've talked to, at has. length about BNME <sighs> over the years and, and the, the way that he's been passed over when I think that at this point he probably should have gotten a shot. And I don't know how successful he would have been in any of those potential openings. But, I mean, he's been passed over left and right. And I think by now he probably should have gotten a shot. But, man, like I'm just not sure that in this current cycle with what we saw from Washington this season, I I just don't – not that he's not deserving of a job. I'm just not sure that he's going to be in as big a demand, you know, for interviews and that sort of thing as we've seen in the past. And I look at the openings. I mean, he's not going to Vegas, I don't think. I don't think the Chargers make a whole lot of sense. So you can kind of, I think, take those two teams out. I could see maybe an Atlanta or a Carolina being 
an opportunity. I don't think it's going to be Washington. He's already there. I don't think they're just going to promote him. I think the new ownership will go out and try to find a new head coach. And and who knows if that new head coach even retains the assistance, including enemy. So it's going to be fascinating for him. But I've read all of these different teams that are requesting interviews with assistant coaches and I've not really seen Bienemy's name pop up. I've seen the the, the coordinators. I, I saw it pop up once yesterday. I've and seen I can't the coordinators so from the Lions being requested. You know, several other uh, position coaches and coordinators. But man, I've not seen a whole lot of Eric Bienemy talk. I um, I I don't quite. I, I'm not to the point where I feel sorry for him. I don't understand why he has not been hired. I think the best evidence he's ever had is the Chiefs this season without him. I think that's the best case he's ever had, and that's sort of why I keep thinking maybe he will. But we always said this was a debut in Washington, and it started well, but it didn't end well. And so if he doesn't get hired, it will be because Washington didn't finish the year good offensively. They were basically exactly what they wore before he got there statistically. So it's not that, like— because I don't know that there's ever been a sinister motive here. That's why I've always, like, sympathy's a strange one. And I know that there was, like, a racial component involved. But I, I don't I, – I, and, and I have sympathy to that as a holistic issue, but not individually to be in. I mean, there's some reason, right, that he's not being high. And you saw that, you know, players were frustrated with him before the season in Washington. We could visibly see the points of contention – with players on the sidelines with the Chiefs. You know, like all of those things. Like at some point, I do think he's going to get his chance. I think there's a lot of great coaches that deserve chances. His opportunity this year was to go, you know, turn off Washington's offense into something. And it was happening for a little bit, and then it wasn't. So I don't know how that will get valued. If I'm a team looking at it, though, I look at what what's happening in Kansas City as my example, right? And I look at, like, when Bienemy talks, he's a fiery guy. He's very charismatic he's you know motivational certainly like if I'm in Atlanta and I'm looking at all that and I've got interest there for sure because I think he's a good coach I think that I mean I think I think that's for sure if if there is going to be a franchise that Eric Biennemi lands on as a head coach next season look at Atlanta look at Carolina those are the two teams that I think make the most amount of sense And, and especially Carolina because of the young talent and maybe needing some of that discipline, you know, needing that what what the enemy brings to the table. The Panthers have been an unmitigated disaster the last couple of years, and they've cycled through coaches. And you've got a lot of young talent and Bryce Young to develop, and all of that. Maybe that's what David Tepper needs: is somebody that's got the discipline of Eric Bieniemy to come in and set things straight with that franchise moving forward. So, if it's going to be Bieniemy this season, I would look at one of those two teams. Well, the problem Tepper's going to have right now is the big names aren't going to want to go play for him. He's kind of created a mess there. So, again, in steps that opportunity for a guy like Biennemi who's just been sort of waiting. Like, are you, are you willing to go deal with that so that you can finally get your chance? My guess is he would be totally willing to do that. So we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, we'll, we'll just continue to watch it. Uh, NFL talk coming at the top of the hour as we'll have Dan Israel joining the program in just a little bit. Let's talk a little about K-State tonight. They play uh, a great conference opener for the Cats. What are they going to have in store for round two? They get an advantageous schedule to open the Big 12. Got to take advantage. We'll get into that next on Sports Daily. 
All right, welcome back in, everybody. We've got K-State West Virginia tonight right here on KFH. It's at West Virginia, Tommy, and we know in the Big 12 that road games are always going to be difficult, especially in that place. It's not exactly the same as it used to be without Bob Huggins there, certainly. And West Virginia right now is the lowest-ranked team in the Ken Palm out of the Big 12. But that lowest-ranked team in the Ken Palm, like for the Big 12, for example— is where, like, Wichita State has lived most of the year, right? They're in the 130s, which they're right ahead of Wichita State. So, yeah, they may be down there, but I would suspect, and I have not watched one second of West Virginia basketball this year, that beating West Virginia in Morgantown is no easy task. However, it's one K-State needs to accomplish here. K-State needs to get a win, uh, you know, like this, because— the other, that just means the other road games are going to be even more difficult, and they got off to a great start, a win by a margin I don't think anybody saw coming, and now you can follow it up and go make a pretty big statement, I think, in the Big 12 early on. I mean, I think it's a good thing that you haven't watched any West Virginia basketball this season. They're not Not a good. second. They're not good not at all. Not one second. And they got blown out by Houston, and obviously Houston is one of the best teams in America. And that's that was a in really, Houston, though, right? I know, but that's a really difficult way to start off your conference schedule to go to Houston when you're a team that's struggling. They lost 89 to 55, and that, they lost by 44 points to uh, to Houston. I mean, that's that's bad. That's really bad. 34 points. They, I mean, it was a, a lot. And so, you know, West Virginia has struggled quite a bit ever since Bob Huggins left under that cloud of controversy. They lost a couple of players. You know, they, they've had a really difficult time bouncing back from that. Kansas State has an opportunity here to start off conference play in a really, really strong way. And, you know, I UCF is – they're not great. They're in the, at the bottom of the Big 12. There's no doubt about that. I thought Kansas State would win. I wasn't sure that I would see the Wildcats win by 25. You know, and so the, yeah. the margin of victory that the Wildcats won by – I think that sets you up really well to go to Morgantown. You've got that momentum going into that game. And really, it's a pretty, I think you would use the word advantageous. I would agree with that. Advantageous conference schedule for the Wildcats to get off to. And, and we know how they struggled in the non-conference. And so if you can kind of ease into Big 12 play a little bit, man, that's going to be a whole lot better for you. You know, and what's interesting about it, too, and, and this could become the identity of a team here. Right, we say they struggled in the non-con, but they they had three losses, right? And and one was to USC at the time, Miami. I don't think you're too upset about any of those, either of those. Nebraska, uh, Nebraska's almost uh, they're a borderline top fifty team. Miami is a top fifty team, and USC is right there with K State right now. They haven't been quite as good. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So they're all teams that are right there along with K-State. I, I think I was talking to Brandon Zinner about this yesterday. He brought this up. He's like, it's funny, like, because you, it's not like nobody and nobody's wrong here. But it's like K-State had felt like they were worse than they were in the it, before they beat UCF by 25. They only have three losses. Now, they they didn't win some games by margins we thought they might, but they have some some nice wins mixed in there, too. Like K State, like they they the metrics like them quite a bit. You know they're sixty one. They need to be a little bit better than that, but probably they're right kind of where we thought they would be. Right, like and that's I I think the Naquan Tomlin thing has made it a little bit more distracting. But you you get West Virginia, then you've got a really tough one at Texas Tech. You get Baylor at home. You get Oklahoma State. And then you've got a re- – so we'll, we'll stop it there because then you have to go to Iowa State and to Houston. But, you know, th- there is a real opportunity to win two, if not three, of your next four. And that would be a really nice start. Like this year, I, I don't know what the conference record in the Big 12 is going to be for the last team that gets into the NCAA tournament, Tommy. But I do think there's a decent chance it's right at or just under 500. And that team could still get in because they will have piled up enough quality wins to get there. So if you're K-State, like, just, if you can just win the ones that you should, and that's not going to happen probably, like, teams are going to stumble in the Big 12. We, we know that historically, but at least, like, for goals and, and standards that we set on them, go win these against, the, like, you got to beat Oklahoma State, you got to beat West Virginia. UCF was a nice win. UCF's, I mean, the metrics have liked UCF. Now, I don't know where they ultimately end up, but there's opportunities here for K-State and if they do finish middle of the pack, with all things considered this year, I think that's a pretty good achievement when you know you didn't have Naquan Tomlin for any of the games. Yeah, if you can finish middle of the pack in the Big 12, I think you go back to that three-game stretch in the non-conference when they went 3-0 and in those overtime games. And they easily could have dropped one, two, or all three of them. They won all three. One of them was against Villanova. And I think you look back on that, you know, if they can get around 500 in the conference, as you're looking at building that resume for the NCAA tournament, that three-game non-conference stretch, I think that's going to be critical for them. There's some personality built in those moments, too, I think. And one thing that I'm starting, like, I, I think that this coaching staff has done a tremendous job so far because... Tommy, I just don't think they're that talented compared to like the rest of the Big 12, and they've done a pretty good job. It's interesting what one game against UCF will do. We'll see if they can follow it up tonight. That game starts at 6. Of course, you'll hear it right here on the home of Wildcat Athletics. Uh, KFH pregame coverage begins at 5 o'clock with Wyatt Thompson. When we come back, we'll talk some Chiefs football. That's next. Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joins us on Sports Daily. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.